Hi, welcome to After the Crisis with Victoria. On this podcast, we talk about stress, trauma, plain old bad days, and how those events impact the way in which we walk through the world. Everyone needs to be heard, and I am here to listen. Together, we will find realistic, healthy ways to turn our setback into a comeback. If you're a person who has ever endured difficult times, which have left you feeling disconnected from your authentic self, a little bruised, or even a little broken, this podcast is for you. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of After the Crisis with Victoria. I am Victoria English Martin, and I'm happy to have you here. Today, I have a really intriguing guest. I hunted him down on LinkedIn. It took us a little while to connect, but just like everything in the universe, timing is everything. And I think you will love our topics today. They are timely. They are relevant. They are helpful no matter where you are in your life right now, besides home, like most of us. Before I start, I also want to give a shout out to all of our healthcare workers and those on the front lines of this pandemic. So Tim Harrington is the founder and chief inspiration officer of Family Addiction Recovery Mentorship Services, Sustainable Recovery Renovation Services, Inc., and Launchpad Colorado, Discover Your Purpose Services. And finally, co-founder of Wide Wonder Zero Stigma Education Services. Tim is a loud and persistent voice in the field of mental and emotional health recovery, addiction treatment, and recovery. He is an active participant in the movement to reduce social stigma related to substance use disorder, as well as emotional and mental health injury. The goal of his most important role so far as co-founder of World of Wide Wonder is to create the first zero stigma city in America. His professional mission as an addiction recovery coach, renoventionist, and family recovery support specialist is to meet family members and parents with a struggling loved one exactly where they are and attend to their particular needs. He does this with a personalized and comprehensive continuum of support strategy that includes modern, relevant, and comprehensive family recovery education, training, and ongoing support. Tim, thank you for being here. Wow. That is one hell of a bio. Holy (laughs) mackerel. Wow. I remember when it used to just be in between opportunities. (laughs) (laughs) People would ask me what I did, and I said, well, I'm in between opportunities. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Optimistic spin. Yeah, that's that's, optimistic. I'm impressive. Yeah, I'm a possibilitarian. I'm I'm a hopeless romantic, and yes, an optimist for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Much needed in these times. Oh my God. Well, Tim and I spoke on the phone at length last week, and it was such an engaging conversation because he goes so far beyond labels and really is just all about creating conversation around things that we find limiting and disempowering. He is quite the opposite. He is all about being skillful not willful. And I'm going to let him kind of lead this because he has so many thoughts and we just stumbled upon a new topic just before I hit record. <laughs> so Tim, let's get to chatting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is this whole idea of like, this comes up a lot in my own personal life because I have kids. I have a tween and then I have a teen. She's about to turn 14. And, and so there's a lot of willfulness going on in the house. There's power struggle. There's this notion of, we also talked about before we got on the call about how life is kind of uh, a series of reiterations or evolutions or 
transformation and change. And that's kind of the world we live in, right? The only constant is change. And so mm-hmm. to me, everything is about our relationship with change, right? I actually at one point called myself a change coach. And because it is really all about change. It's about wherever I am and what's either helping me get to where I want to go or hindering me from where I want to go. And what is my relationship to that, what I call friction? I call all of that friction. And we all have it in different degrees, in different ways. So I think about this in a very pragmatic, practical way. So if I'm sitting here and I have a goal, well, in between myself and the goal, there's going to be some friction. There's going to be time. There's going to be personal challenge, emotional challenge. There's going to be a lot of things that I'm going to have to navigate. There's going to be resources that I'm going to have to look for. There's going to be resources that I already have that I need to work with. And mm-hmm. and so when you put it that way, as I'm talking about it, that's a lot. But we do a lot of this automatically. We do a lot of this in ways that things are running in the background. We have habits. We see things in a certain way. So we're just running without thought. It's subconscious. And so for me, it's all about addressing the conscious. And the conscious is that friction that comes up against me, the thing that says, no, you can't do this, or that may be from somebody else, or it could be, no, you can't do this, and that's coming from me, my own self-limitation, mm-hmm. my own conversation with self. And so in order for me to navigate the friction and to get to where I am, to where I want to go, I have found in my own personal experience <laughs> is that being willful is not a good use of my resources mm. because it doesn't take into consideration the reality of the things that necessarily are blocking mm-hmm. people, places, and things. Uh, I need to be in relationship with them in a very realistic way so that I can innovate and adapt my process, right? Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And yeah. I know that, like me, we are both substance-free. And in my experience, the journey of becoming free of whatever your substance is. And again, that doesn't have to be something you ingest. It can be food, it can be social media, it can be love addiction, any of those things. But what I find is that we do acquire a whole new skill set for living. And I love that you're an advocate for those groups of people. But more importantly, I think your message transcends any labels or any cross-section of individuals, because what Mm -hmm. you're talking about is a universal truth. So I'd like to implement some of your strategies as we Mm -hmm. talk about the new normal, which we are Mm -hmm. slowly, hopefully inching toward with this pandemic. So let's talk about, you know, we just briefly touched on it before we pushed record, but the way that people are approaching this, you know, so um, the way that people have an idea in their head of what things will be like versus how they turn out, which we just don't know, right? Yeah. Let's, yeah. So, so again, back to the title of my podcast, After the Crisis, <laughs> I had an expectation of what life would be like after cancer treatment. I had an expectation of what life would be like as a mom or whatever. But So talk to me a little bit about that and how we can implement what you just talked about into this new normal. Yeah. And I think this is a very extraordinary circumstance in the sense that this is a globalization of experience that's never happened before. So we have this incredibly large, well, the world is experiencing something at the very same time. And that is that life is going on. And then very suddenly, seemingly very suddenly, it was slow in the background, but it was suddenly in, in terms of somebody saying to you, we're going to shelter in place. And we're all like, what the heck does that mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and how long and, and all of those things that sort of come up. 
Or how about just no, I don't want to do that. Right. Because that's often when I coach families around people who experience addiction, we always talk about boundaries, right? And so the harder the boundary, the harder the pushback. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody says to me, you're going to shelter in place and stay in your house, my first thought is, oh, yeah, you think so? Right. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I get that that feeling of like, I'm going to push back. Yes. And so here we are, I don't know, a month and a half in and something like that. I can't even keep track of time. Yeah. That's another <laughs> challenge. That's another challenge. We're having a relationship with Absolutely. time. Uh, I talked about Groundhog Day, you know, the movie with Bill mm-hmm. Murray. Uh, it's Groundhog Day again. And so here we are in that sort of paradigm. So how do we navigate that? Well, there is no playbook, but we can use the universal truths in terms of human behavior. And if, if we start to get interested in why we act the way we act, instead of just trying to control the way we act. Skillful, right? not willful. Right. Skillful, not willful. And that takes an intentionality on our part to say something like, I want to find out why I do this as opposed to I want, I don't want to do this anymore. Or why is this happening to me? Or why can't I control it? Or why isn't it different? Or why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. The skillful part is that any way that you or I or any human being is acting is a very honest truth. Whether we like it or not is not the point. Whether it's hard or not is not the point. The point is is that we are who we are. And I always say we get to where we are, you and I, on this podcast, very honestly. There's no accident. It's all very honest and truthful in the way it is. And so that's part of one of the tricks is to not argue with what is. <laughs> and this is a, this is a challenge. Yes. Yes. This is a challenge. And so h- higher power for me is what I can't control. Yes. Um, higher power for me is what is. So as soon as I get in some sort of anxious situation where I am pushing what you persist, resist, I'm going to get that pushback. So I want to get in a place where I'm conscious of my breathing, where I can say things like back to breath, so that I can get back in the moment where I am most powerful. Mm-hmm. And then I can start to address some things that are challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Like the environment I live in now that, I've, that I'm challenged with, because in the environment I'm in, I'm in relationship with other human beings. And other human beings, I can't control. Maybe the last bastion of control may be physical, and you can get in trouble for that. Yeah. So we don't want to do that. So what is my control? What is within my control? And so I use some imagery for that. I'm an, I'm an image thinker. Mm-hmm. So one of the tools we can use is to imagine a hula hoop around us, mm-hmm. this metaphorical hula hoop. And inside the hula hoop, that space between your skin and the edge of the hula hoop is everything you can control. And now gaze upon everywhere else and you can see the density of what you cannot control. Mm. And so take those things off of your list in terms of how you're going to manipulate or how you're going to do and move around emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And let those things go or develop a relationship of respect for those things, a relationship of compassion and empathy mm-hmm. so that you can stay in connection with what you can control, which are those things, empathy and compassion mm-hmm. and understanding and tolerance and, and these kinds of things. These are important tools to have in your toolbox at any time, but certainly more so in extraordinary times where we are limited in space where we are facing uncertainties like we never have before Yes, on a scale we've never engaged in before and an aspect of grief that we've never dealt with before. And that is we're grieving the year that was the year that was supposed to be. Yes. The things that we were looking forward to all of those things. Mm -hmm. And so this is all happening at the same time. And so part of having a skillful relationship with our current circumstances 
is uh, one of the main things is self-compassion. And that is this notion of giving yourself room, mm-hmm. creating space for you to feel whatever you're feeling, and then also have resources at your disposal, people you can talk to, mm-hmm. resources if you are in total isolation, resources that you can add to that is uh, journaling, writing things down. Say you're somebody who can't afford therapy right now, whatever, that's mm-hmm. really, really valuable free therapy. Mm-hmm is to get it out of your head, down through your arm, and out on paper, right? Mm -hmm. All be ways to skillfully manage your current circumstances. And while doing these things, also meditation, mindfulness practice, we can use apps for that. We can Mm -hmm. Insight Timer is a great app, uh, One certain apps that don't charge you for a subscription. Mm -hmm. YouTube, there's so many on YouTube. Mm -hmm. The internet is your friend in terms of developing resources and tools. Uh, yes. TED Talks have been really helpful for me. Ah. I love TED Talks because they're, they're, they're very concise. They're very uh, targeted. And you can search by subject. Right. And they're just, I mean, the most amazing speakers in the world at your fingertips. Right. This can be extremely helpful. There's a lot of things on. This is where I learn about human behavior from the preeminent experts on planet Earth terms of how we learn, why we act the way we do, all these things. This is important, yes. important resource. It is amazing what's available, and much of it is free, including right. these podcasts. Yes, that's another one. Yeah. What I hear you saying is that it begins internally. It begins with yes. our having, first of all, compassion for ourselves. And I think that's such an important topic because if we can establish that, I love the hula hoop analogy. That's wonderful. And if we can establish that, then how do we carry that into the new normal? So when we, mm-hmm. you know, I just talked to you about going down the road and noticing yeah. how few people had on masks mm-hmm. and things yeah. like that. But that's just, again, that's just an external thing. We're all dealing with our own internal stuff right now. From as That's a result right. of this of this pandemic, and 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 I love that you touched upon grief. So if we can establish those healthy habits for ourselves, and yeah. again, self compassion, speak to ourselves the way you would speak to your best friend. Let's start with that, uh-huh. and then yeah. let's say we slowly start entering the new normal. Uh-huh. Yeah. How do we? Do that because mm-hmm. I know you deal with a lot of families who have gone through addiction. And so the, the person who is now in recovery has gone through this transformation. And so this is kind of similar. They've gone through a transformation. They've done the work. They've got their big, heavy tool belt strapped on and they're ready to deal with themselves. That's a good metaphor for what this is like. So if we have our tool belt strapped on, how do we go back into the dynamic? You deal with families, but how do we go back into our work dynamic? How do we go back mm-hmm. into schools and social settings and things like that and deal with other people who may not have invested in themselves or have that compassion? Yeah, and I think you're going to look at a pretty typical 80-20 rule here. 20% of people who are taking advantage of this and 80% who are just not sure how to do it and how to mm-hmm. organize around this that are going to struggle. And there's going at different levels from an emotional standpoint, from a following the rules standpoint, from, mm-hmm. from this resistance to being told what to do, putting yes. in the context of liberty and these in tyranny and some of these other yes. themes that are coming to light. And, yes. and again, I think the real power is in the analogy of what I can and cannot control because I am going to come in contact with people who 
are doing this now, and then I'm going to come in closer contact with them once some of the ways that I believe allow me to do that. I'm going to, I'm a rule follower, especially when I'm trying to mitigate risk, right. the risk of being sick right. for me is high because my high value is to stay alive as possible as, as, yes. as long as I can. And I am reading and I'm following and I'm reading experts and I'm, I'm staying out of the mainstream media. I'm staying yes. out of the, the fights between Fox and MSNBC and all of that nonsense. Yes, because you can't argue with science anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just, what is is what is. And, and I also know that thoughtful and considerable process has always worked for me. Impulsivity always got me in trouble. So I'm very clear about my own game film and how what has worked for me and what hasn't. Mm-hmm. Because it's the Tim show. And if I take advantage of the Tim show and what I've seen and what I've experienced and the wisdom I've gained, if I go back and look at what's worked and what hasn't worked for me, I can clearly see that impulsivity has been not my friend. And I have worked to unravel a lot of the things that I did from impulse. Okay. So I want to be very, very considerate of my own temperaments, my own emotionality. Part and parcel of what I do is to highlight more about emotional health than mental health. Because Mm -hmm. again, mental health is more cognitively based. It's more based on specific injury to specific parts of the brain. That does apply to emotionality too. But as I'm expressing myself, most of the time it's from an emotional standpoint. Mm-hmm. I'm having feelings of fear and anger and frustration and any of, any of the other yes. fears we engage in on a daily basis. So I need to, I don't need to, but I get to be emotionally skilled. And I get to be that way by attuning to my own emotions. This is another skill that we can use. And emotional attunement means that I'm very aware of my emotionality and what I go through on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, most of us, hit the core emotions on a daily basis Mm -hmm. on some level. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to know that because I can say that yesterday was all about anger, but it probably wasn't. And I need to know that because that's being skillful in terms of how I show up in the world because I can get stuck in a particular narrative that things are hard. Yes. Yes, they are hard, but I also need to balance that out with other things. Right. Because when I'm imbalanced, I'm not using my resources in the best way possible. And I'm not navigating my challenges in the best way possible. With intention. Mm-hmm. I'm overly focused in some way. I'm, I'm focusing on what's not there. I'm focusing on what I'm not grateful mm-hmm. for. I'm focused on what's challenging me. And at the same time, I know there's other things going on. And that awareness is important to me to stay in some semblance of balance. I like that. And I, I like how you changed your wording from, I need to to I get to. So the way I look at it is there are plenty of things in life that are hard, but we get a choice. In many cases, we have a choice of what kind of hard we want it to be. You Mm know, I mean, becoming alcohol-free, drug-free, whatever is hard, but you know, what's harder not getting alcohol-free or drug-free, right? So it's a choice you get to make because there are going to be things in life that are hard. So it's sort of how you have your perspective set. I like how you said, I get to find balance. I get to instead of I have to because it changes it. And like you said, makes it skillful, not willful. I like that. Talk yeah. a little more about yeah. that that phrase because I think that's important as people go out they're going to feel they're going to feel challenged and drained in some ways. So let's talk about that about shifting your intention and realizing what's worth the energy and what isn't and being skillful not willful. Yeah, the best chance of success scenario is to always empower yourself and other people. And mm-hmm. empowerment the difference between 
disempowerment and empowerment is I can't or I won't, or I get to or I have to. I get mm-hmm. to is an empowerment statement because it reminds me of choice. It reminds me of my choice to respond in any way that I mm-hmm. find powerful for me, if that's my intention. If I, and I set that in the beginning of the day. is like, you know, let me be intentional about how I process what's going on because I spend an inordinate amount of time being reactive. Mm-hmm. I was very good at crisis management and getting myself out of scrapes and, and trying to work my way through challenges. I was always yes. and continue to always do the best I can with what I have based on what I know. Mm-hmm. And so all of that coming together with where I am now and all the ways that I've tested myself because we're all doing the best we can and we're throwing things out there and we're figuring out what works and what doesn't. And where I am now and what I know is the best chance of success scenario is to always refer to the list of what I can and cannot control. And so if I'm going out into these, this new normal environment, one of the things that I know I can't control is other people's approach to the same situation. So yeah. I'm seeing somebody who is, in my estimation, doing the wrong thing. I got to be careful in terms of how I manage my resources in that interaction, because what can I and what can I not control is super important because I have a finite amount of resources and emotional bandwidth. I will reach my limit fairly quickly. And so I want to be aware of that. I want to have a very strong awareness because I want to spend the most amount of currency I have or emotional bandwidth or any other resources in ways that benefit me and things that I can mm-hmm. control. So it's very much like being the CEO of a company. It's very much like being a part of an organization and trying to manage that organization. I have to be mm-hmm. very skillful in terms of how I do interpersonal communications with people in my company. And people in my company are people who I live with on this earth. So they're uh-huh. part of my company, right? Right. So looking at it with that context, especially in this new paradigm, is super important because I am mm-hmm. going to be challenged. I already have been challenged. I'm looking at people, I'm like, what are you doing, Bozo? You know, like I'm saying this stuff in my head. I'm like, this is, why is this not all lining up the way I think it should be? Yes. Well, that's a challenge on earth from the get-go. It's always been that way. It'll always be that way. So what is my part in that exchange? What is my part in being a part of this company or this universe? It is doing Mm -hmm. my very best to take care of myself and what I can control. And I think one Mm -hmm. of the things as I'm thinking of this now is one of the most important things we're going to be up against in this context is patience. Patience yes. with the process, patience with the constant reiteration, with the new information, with, God forbid, you know, another surge of infection. Mm-hmm. Any of these possible things that come up when the people talk about different models of what could happen or won't yes. happen. This is really bringing to bear all of our skills yeah. to navigate this new landscape. and. Mm-hmm. What I love about it is that it's the challenge, but also the opportunity to come out of this on the other side with all new muscles and all new skills Yes, at a level we didn't have before. And Mm -hmm. I think that's super exciting. I do too. There's a lot of opportunity. I think what we've been talking about leads me to the conversation we had last week. And I'd like to, to briefly touch upon this because we spent quite a bit of time in our getting to know you chat talking about values. And mm. I think that is a great tie in to what you're talking about. Because number one, let's talk about how we find out what are our true values. Because once you define that, that's a great way to number one, Decide where you want to put your energy, Uh because we're all going to have a limited amount of energy 
and a lot going on around us as we go forward. Yeah. I mean, we already do, but especially yeah. in this, in this new landscape. Yeah. So, you know, how do we want to invest our energy and are we living in our hula hoop? Are we living in accordance and alignment with our core values? So let's talk a little bit about that because I think if people can define those values and check themselves on that, that's a great way to find a little calm in this storm and balance yourself out. Yeah. And I say with all of this, we always have the same amount of time. Again, it's how we manage it. So if we're managing this time well, we can spend this time to do what I call like a renovation, like a personal renovation mm-hmm. or a software mm-hmm. update. And mm-hmm. that would include getting to know what your values are. So in mm-hmm. values in my work that I do with people is not about socially acceptable ways of behaving like honesty and integrity and these things that we necessarily fall within a spectrum of doing it really good to not doing it so good and right. we vacillate. We vacillate around those socially acceptable ways of behaving. And those socially acceptable ways of behaving were determined by other people, not even ourselves. So this is really about empowerment as it relates to values. And Mm -hmm. so I'm talking about things that I love to do, I choose to do, and I desire to do. Very specific actions, very specific ways that I am expressing my resources, okay? Mm -hmm. So what am I thinking about all the time? What am I writing about all the time? What am I talking about all the time? What am I spending my money on? What am I listening to anything that I'm actually actualizing and through action. What is that telling me about myself? Mm -hmm. Right. Those are going to be my actual values. That's a great point. Because that's how I'm living my life. You're always expressing your values, whether you know it or not. The power is knowing what they are. Because there's this confusion when it comes to what I love to do, choose to do, and desire to do. Many, many people, I would say 80%, I use the 80-20 because it's simple. 80% Mm -hmm. of people are necessarily doing things they don't want to do. So what that means in terms of values is that you have fantasy values and then you have actual values. Yes, tell me about that. The example I always use is working with a family and talking to the father in the context of their son experiencing addiction and his interpretation of the events and his narrative and everything else. Mm -hmm. And he's telling me about what he does for the family, that he works and he does this, and he's a great provider, and he is a hard worker. He is necessarily an A-type personality. He is very ambitious, and he works a lot. Like, he's telling me he works all the time. He's flying here. He's flying there. He's managing this and managing that and all that stuff. And I said, and so what would you say your high value is? And he said, oh, definitely family. And I said, Yes, 100% you love your family. There's no question about that. But in terms of actualization, in terms of how you're spending your resources, the big part of that is your time and how that fits into your relationship with your wife and your daughter Mm -hmm. and your son and your whatever. I would say that there's a conflict there. And that is, is that your fantasy high value is family, but your real high value is work and how you contribute to the family from a financial standpoint. Yes, there was silence on the phone and he was, they had a lot of angst with that because this is a common thing with people. There is a, mm-hmm. there's a dissonance. There is a out of alignment situation yes. between our values, our fantasy high values and how we're living our life. And that's what we struggle with for a long time. It can be explicit. It can be implicit. It can be existential, but it's happening with most people. Mm-hmm. And so to get to address that, take that's friction. That's another friction that I yeah. talk about. 
if you can eliminate that friction, that goes to every aspect of what it is to be healthy as a person on this planet. You're addressing your mind, your body, your relationship and environment much easier when you are living in your high values, Yes, not thinking about where you would like to be, but not actually living it. Yes. That disconnection causes all kinds of pain and you will find different ways to deal with that pain. Mm -hmm. And that can lead to a lot of maladaptive coping strategies and and more pain. So we're talking about a come to Jesus moment where you really have to face the fact that you're not living in alignment with your actual high values. And that's an opportunity to innovate right there. And that's really what's in front of us right now. Yeah. So how would someone get started with that? Are there writing prompts? Is there an online assessment? Or where would you send someone to get started on that renovation? Because I think that's brilliant. Yeah. So there are people who specialize 100% in getting people in alignment with their values. There is a, how I did it is I met somebody completely accidentally who, that's his whole practice. is all foundationally about Mm. getting connected with your high values, what you love to do, choose to do and desire to do. And he learned from a gentleman named Dr. John D. Martini. I can't remember if he's got an initial in there. I always get confused. But anyway, John, he wrote a book called The Values Factor. And The Values Factor has a website as well as there's a a book or you can get it on Mm -hmm. iBooks or what have you. And then it'll take you through this test, these 13 questions. And at the end of those, you'll have an idea of, you know, how on track you are, how not on track you are. And what I found is going through that process with myself and working with this therapist who who focuses on uh, finding your true north, he calls it telos, which is true north. And um, Uh is that it's very confronting. It is challenging because the process is really about clarity. This is a thing that we have trouble with as human beings because we typically live on the surface Mm -hmm. and very rarely do we get deep. In fact, we have cliches in our society of like, you know, you're too deep or you're too intense or you're too sensitive or yeah. do we have to have a deep conversation? Does it uh-huh. have to be this deep? All yeah. this stuff, you know, and so, and that, that makes sense because again, there's this conflict between how I'm living my life and what is my telos and what is in my heart and in my mm-hmm. true nature. And so that's something that people just don't want to look at. They're just, they have an aversion to that. They want to push that away. and Or they'd rather confront others. <laughs> Yes, there is a yeah. lot of that. Take my advice. I'm not using it going on. And, and yes. that's one way to sort of have a catharsis around those issues. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's it's really confronting because in his process, it's a series of like, you think you've answered the question. And then there's another question. And then there's mm-hmm. another question. And then there's another. And you're like, gee, I can feel it in my body. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to answer any more questions. Yeah. Because I don't know the answers because I've never gone so to this many layers before. Mm-hmm. And, but it's so freeing because it's like clearing the cobwebs out. It's like a roto where It's like cleaning out the pipes. It's like, yeah, it, it, it frees you up to your breath changes, your whole feeling of weightlessness you experience because you're, you're getting rid of all of this extra dead weight of things that you're spending time harboring or that, you're, right. that you've been collecting or that these feelings, these feelings of low self-esteem, because I'm not why am I not doing, why am I not happy? Why am I not, 
why, why am I disconnected from that sense of purpose? Yeah, yeah. And that's a that's a very real. There's a very very real study called purpose anxiety, and it's it's a yes. very real thing. Yes, getting authentic with yourself can be a daunting task. But like we said, the old normal is gone, and there's a new normal coming. And why not? do some renovating on yourself and take that challenge. This is a great time to do it and get some clear-minded thinking around why we do the things we do and how we can be a better version of ourselves going into what is going to be a new and, and challenging time. Yeah. I mean, for me, everything it sort of revolves around the opportunity of what does challenge mean? Not how do I eliminate challenge, but right. what is my relationship to challenge and how am I going to show up this John Martini says, things don't happen to us, they happen for us. Mm-hmm. So you look at these challenges as a gift, like, so how are you going to innovate? That's the way I choose to phrase it. Like, what's right. your innovation? Because mm-hmm. we're, we're in these situations because, not because we're incapable, we, we're totally 100% capable. It's a matter of getting to know ourselves in a way where we can access these resources of inner strength and resilience, adaptability, all of these things that are, again, back to human behavior, back to human makeup, who we are and Mm -hmm. why we are, where we are in the evolutionary process. What I have found is that because things typically start to move faster, that things that are out of our control, like technology, technology has been the thing that has been the most disruptive thing that's happened to our lives so far. Yes. And it moves at a pace. It's like exponential growth. Mm-hmm. And so if you put that along the track of how we have developed evolutionarily speaking from an emotional standpoint, you can see that we're struggling to keep up with the complexity of the advancement, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is really what this opportunity is, that we get to innovate to catch up so that we can be more in balance with the way things are speeding along. We've sort of gotten complacent and we're reacting to these challenges like being on our technology all the time. What does that mean? How is that affecting our health? How is it helping our health? How do we use it in a way that's empowering? And it's happened so fast. I mean, I can't believe it's only been as long as it's been since the first iPhone. It's not been that long. (laughs) Certainly not in the the biggest picture you can look at. It's been like nothing, but it caused such upheaval on all different levels. Mm-hmm. So what do you and I do to best prepare ourselves for not only the change we have to catch up to, but how change waits for no man, Right. you know, how that continues to roll on. Mm-hmm. And I think our biggest opportunity is to really admit it, that we have challenges in terms of how we're adapting to yes. these changes. And then it is to look for and access those resources and those tools that will help us mm-hmm. to manage these challenges. And the payoff is going to be peace, more contentment, less peaks and valleys, yes. and more rolling hills, yes. and improved relationship with our family members, with our colleagues, with our communities, with our states, with our country, with our worlds. Mm-hmm. And what I really believe is that if we pay attention to our own garden, and if we tend to that garden... Mm-hmm. And we become really good gardeners, Mm -hmm. really good farmers of what we have control over, that the collective of people doing that will change the entire world in ways that we couldn't even imagine. That's great. And it starts with one simple statement. And this is what I think I want to take away for people to be in this 
where we are right now, what I'm feeling right now is that that all starts with this very simple statement. And that is, you matter. You matter. I think too many people feel like they don't matter or they don't matter enough. Absolutely. That there is a spectrum of mattering. And what I want to make very, very clear is that there is none. That your worth or your mattering is 100% fully intact and fully invested from the time you're born until the time you pass. Mm -hmm. Now, is everyone else going to see it that way? No, but that's the whole point. The point is that it's up to you Mm -hmm. what you do with that concept of mattering Mm -hmm. and how you use that currency in the world, because that is your most important asset. If you choose to frame yourself in a way that's powerful like that, you matter. You can share that mattering with other people, because regardless of what people are doing, whether they're doing drugs, not doing drugs, I don't give a rat's patootie, as my mother would say. <laughs> I don't care. My mom said you patootie, still too. Matter. I, you're mattering, yeah, your mattering is not contingent on your you behaving in the perfect way or yes. the way that is most acceptable to me. Right. Because that's how we got to where we are right now. I say you don't matter because you're this color, you're this sexual orientation, mm-hmm. you're this whatever, yeah. you're this profession, you're this nationality that's why we're in the fight we're in right now is because we've forgotten that we all matter regardless and i think that's a lesson to take away from this global pandemic it sets it up perfectly it really does yeah wonderfully said because it doesn't matter where you're from it doesn't matter (laughs) any it doesn't matter nope it has no bearing you get to decide because you matter Mm -hmm. on how you're going to navigate yes this landscape that's in front of us this playbook that we don't have that we're writing as as it goes along. We sure are. Yeah. Beautifully said. Thank you so much. There's a lot of wisdom in your words and I really appreciate you sharing. Where can people find you? Because I I found you on LinkedIn. At my house. Yes. Well, yeah, same, same. Yes. Yeah. Go to Tim's Um, house. Sheltering in place. Sheltering in place. Um. (laughs) On the internet, on the World Wide Web. Yes. I have a website that's a good portal to start in. It's uh, sustainablerecovery.net. Mm-hmm. And it'll sort of shoot you off into the other areas of family recovery and purpose, discovering your purpose. Mm. It's a good launching place to go to those other things, depending on where you're at. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that sets me apart for me in terms of how I got to where I am right now today is that I tap into my curiosity every day. And yes. I started with the very simple question, that I never explicitly started the conversation in my life before, but was still doing that. And that was, how can I change my mind? Because the ability to be Mm open-minded, willing, and Mm -hmm. honest, right? Honest, open-minded, and willing is tied into curiosity. Yes. Because if I stay in one place, I will stagnate. Yes. I will, there'll be this stagnation and I'll get crotchety and I'll get irritable Mm -hmm. and restless Mm -hmm. discontent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if I'm moving... If I'm curious, if I'm experiencing something, I go, huh, I think let's develop our huh and really step into that space because incuriosity is the most damaging thing that we can ever experience as human beings. It is a disorder. We need to be curious. Oh, yes. We get to be curious because there's so much we don't know. Yes. How much I know, how much I don't know. Right. And don't be afraid to dive in. Don't be afraid to, in your own anonymity, if, you, if you're not ready to share with other mm-hmm. people, use that opportunity of anonymity not to hide and to isolate, but to reach out through this incredible resource that we have 
an incredible treasure trove of information and education yes. and use this time to really start to figure out how you want to navigate mm-hmm. the rest of your yes. life because you can get there from here. Oh, yeah. If you're curious, if you want to change your mind, if you feel like you matter mm-hmm. and you do, those things can help you to get unstuck mm-hmm. and to necessarily feel powerful in this new normal world 2.0. Yeah. And let's embrace this because I think it can be incredible if we allow it to be. I totally agree. I totally agree. And for those listening, if you don't think you matter, Tim and I do. So if you're willing to just dive in and be curious and the time will come where you will realize that you do matter. So I hope you'll take some of these resources to heart and dive in. I will provide you with Tim's links and info, along with some links to defining your values, discovering what you're really about, not what you say you're about. So yeah, that's there's so much great stuff here, Tim. And thank you for joining me and being a part of this. Thank you for being part of the solution and to moving the energy around. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm grateful to be here and, uh, you know, figure I may as well do something useful with my time. (laughs) (laughs) But like you, I'm always curious. I have a very curious mind. I never feel satisfied that I've learned enough. Yeah, and I want to say one more thing. You brought up something that just reminded me of something that people can tap into if they're not feeling happy or if they're not feeling positive or if they're not... Because it can't always be about that's where you start. Yeah. And that is this very, you use the word useful. And I think totally separate of these data points that we use to sort Mm -hmm. of decide whether or not we're having a good life are subjective and they change all the time. But what Mm -hmm. doesn't change is your usefulness, your ability to be useful, to tap into usefulness. And the byproduct of the thing that all of us are capable of, and that is being useful to ourselves and to others. Mm -hmm the byproducts of those will be those things that you do want to feel that you want to feel like you matter, that you feel like that you have contentment or you have peace, Mm -hmm. but you can't start with peace or happiness or contentment. Oh no. It is a byproduct of a, of a life lived through usefulness. And we all have an individual fingerprint specific usefulness Mm -hmm. that is there. And that's part of that discovery process of your values and everything else. So if you go this way and you don't feel useful or that you matter, you can get there yeah. through going through this process of talking about your values and everything else. And I wish you the best journey. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for being here. And I look forward to connecting with you again. Let's do it. Thanks for listening to After the Crisis with Victoria. For more about me, how I can serve your needs, and links to our special guests, please subscribe to this podcast and visit victoriaenglishmartin.com. Also, come on over to our free Facebook group and join our community after the crisis with Victoria. I'm offering access to fun, healthy, and thought-provoking content. Additionally, you'll find exclusive programs, workshops, and one-on-one coaching. Until next time, count your blessings, not your burdens. And remember, there is life after the crisis.